while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I am Marcus. Chris will be back tomorrow. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Um, so, uh, you know, President Trump announced that the uh, America's comeback starts today. He is running again for presidency of the United States. Apparently, uh, FE, uh, Fed, uh, Federal Elections Commission paperwork was filed pretty recently, um, like moments ago. Uh, from on, on President Trump's uh, campaign saying he is going to run uh, for president of the United States had some, uh, you know, soaring oratory, uh, oratory about how his, you know, during his term. Uh, it was, you know, um, during his term, it was, you know, uh, I, I listen, I'm less I'm less. Uh, the positive economic trends and. President Trump's term seem to have predated him. Um, if you look at the, you compare Obama's second term to Trump's first term, the numbers are, I think, uh, they're either fairly even in growth or they were trending upwards or in some cases even better under Obama's circumstances, like Obama added more jobs. Uh, and this is pre-COVID numbers too. So um, I'm less bullish on, uh, definitely a lot less bullish on Trump's you know, uh, economic uh, acumen, <laughs> let's say, to say the least. Um, here's the thing, like, here's the thing. I, 
again, I, I've said this before. I think he's going to, if he's running for president and he's seeking the Republican nomination, he's going, I, I think he's the heavy, heavy favorite to get that nomination. Now, of course, a lot of people say, yeah, of course, he's a former president, you know, and uh, he did well with Republicans. Uh, he got, you know, there was no division with Republicans on, on, on his vote. I think he got 90 plus percent of the par, uh, party vote last time. So the only real division with Republicans isn't among voters uh, on Trump. There's no, there isn't a lot of division with voters on Trump. There's division with like the national party and like the, the thinking people, right? Like the, not to say thinking people as a, you know, but what I meant was like people who, who talk about politics for a living, right? Journalists and, and conservative pundits, right? They're all saying, well, maybe we should distance ourselves from Donald Trump. You know, maybe we should move in a different direction. Maybe Ron DeSantis presents a much more palatable uh, candidate for the American, uh, for the American public. Um, and I think that's all a load of crap. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think what the media, the conservative media in particular, is saying about Ron DeSantis is true at all. Ron DeSantis is obviously very um, Ron DeSantis, obviously, is very popular in Florida, uh, Florida, increasingly uh, conservative state. Um, he's very popular there in Florida. He was reelected. He wasn't elected. I mean, he was elected. He was elected in a very, very narrowly against Andrew Gilliam, uh, who wasn't really a great candidate to begin with, against Andrew Gilliam, who was the mayor of Tallahassee. Um, it took a few days to figure that that race out. Actually, it, it took like three or four days because actually both the the Florida Senate election between um, what's his name Bill Nelson and Rick Scott who was the outgoing governor that was close and then the the Florida um, governor's election between Gilliam and DeSantis that took days I think DeSantis may have won by a, per uh, a percentage point in that race but he ended up getting elected against Charlie Chris by like 20 points I just don't think a lot of his stuff, he's like Trump without any like sort of charisma or personality, really. I mean, obviously, he has some like uh, personality, I guess. He's a, you know, he's a congressman. He's a, a governor, but he doesn't have Trump's bravado. And uh, that goes a long way, I think. I, I think when you get those two up on a up on a national uh, a debate stage, I think DeSantis, I think uh, Trump's going to do, uh, I think Trump's going to tear him up. He's already like starting, like I said, the, the Ron DeSanctimonious wasn't, he, he, that wasn't his fastball. Like he's going to get his fastball. Like he's, I think he even said like, oh, Ron DeSantis is white. Like he just makes a little comment like, oh, Ron DeSantis' wife's running his campaign. Now, like there's nothing wrong with your wife running your campaign, but it's just funny. Like he just says funny stuff like that. And I, I just, I don't think Ron DeSantis has those, those. I don't think he has those those types of zingers. I don't think he has it in him. It doesn't seem it doesn't he doesn't strike me as a, a it does this I, I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be close. Again, I think this is very similar in a lot of the in, in a lot of ways it's going to be very similar to 2016. It's going to be very similar to 2016 in that. It's going to be very similar to 2016 in that the national Republican establishment didn't want Trump back then either. Everybody forgets that all the conservative media, uh, including like even Sean Hannity, right? 
did not want Trump. They were all anti-Trump before. Mike Pence was anti-Trump. Mike Pence was anti-Trump before he he got tapped to serve as his uh, vice president. Even he was anti-Trump. They were all on Ted Cruz. Everybody was on Ted Cruz. So that all happened before. All the Republican establishment was against Donald Trump, and it didn't matter. He still won because most voters, like most Republican voters, most voters in general don't like Donald Trump, but most Republican voters like Donald Trump. And a lot of people that are out there saying, like, you know, Trump... You know, there's some callers and all that, and I agree with them, you know, that Trump is has accelerated, like, sort of the, 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 the electoral, like, um, prospects of the Republican Party. Like, you know, because you look at these, look at, you look at these, uh, it's hard to blame him for a lot of, a lot of this, but you can blame him for, for some of it. But you look at, like, every governor candidate that he backed, like Kari Lake just lost in Arizona, a bunch of others, Tudor, uh, what's his name, Tudor Dixon in, in Michigan, the other guy in Wisconsin, they all they all lost. I think governors uh, in Massachusetts picked up a few seats. Uh, Jeff Deal, obviously, here in Massachusetts, he lost. Um, I mean, you look here in Bristol County, it's, you know, Tom Hodgson, 25 years is Bristol County Sheriff, but I think one of the things that that you know cost him the election was his was his um, was his ties to President Trump. Um, was his ties to President Trump? And I've you know we you may you got the direct mails. I got the direct mails. You you saw the pictures, right? Um, you know I, I think that was one of the things that 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 took him down. I think there's a lot there isn't a lot of in a general electorate. I mean obviously here in Massachusetts, but in a general electorate, I, I don't think there's a lot of appetite for it. This is a year that Republicans should have. This is a year that Republicans should have won, um, won probably about thirty to forty seats in in Congress. <clears throat> like that's 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 what the baseline should have been. They should have won at least thirty or forty seats. I you, you think you had Congressman uh, Jake Ockenclaus when I had him on last week? He said. Uh, the party that has the presidency usually loses about 28 seats on average per year for um, 28 seats on average per year uh, uh, per cycle in the midterms. A lot of that has to do with people souring on them immediately. Some of that has to do with economic conditions. And frankly, the people in power doesn't, the, you know, the people in power at the national level can't do a lot to make your life better to begin with. Um, because of people like SBF, right? The, the, you know, the, the crypto, the crypto pirate guy that is hiding out and wherever he's hiding out because he's, you know, he costs people like $2 billion. Like, so I, you know, I get all that, but, you know, we've heard callers, you know, here at the station on this show, uh, even tonight, and we've heard them throughout, uh, in during the day, we, we we've heard them talk about, Inflation and gas prices and and, um, you know, all of this economic angst that's happening. I mean, there is some positive economic trends, but mostly people are feeling, I think, economic angst during this. And the fact that they did that and they can't they're feeling all of that and they can't um, and they still can't. A lot of the electorate, by and large, can't stomach like. 
you know, typical the Republican candidates that have been running this election, I, I think, says a lot about where they're at as a party and how someone like Donald Trump helped get them there. But again, I, th- I think people like Donald Trump, I think Jim Lyons, Jeff Deal, I, I don't know if their causes, uh, I think their symptoms. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, so there was a great thing in the uh, letter today in the uh, journal, letter to the editor, and the guy said, there's no, if I'm paraphrasing, there's no real division in America anymore. Almost the whole country agrees. At least half the other side is insane. Yeah. We bo- both both sides agree that the other side is insane. Y- yeah, but... I, there, so there is agreement. I that guess, the but I, the thing is, is the Republicans um, are an absolute political minority in this country and have been for a long time. Um. I think that's pretty clear and obvious based on like the presidential elections. And even now, uh, you know, a lot of these picked up seats have to do with gerrymandering. I mean, both parties gerrymander, but still, I think it's pretty clear that you sure one side each calls the other crazy, but one side is an absolute political minority in this country and the other one is not. Well, yeah. Okay. I, it was, I, that was kind of a funny point, but in terms of Trump, um, I think Trump had this, unbelievable appeal he, he reached an audience that was frustrated mm-hmm. and i voted for him twice and i so for the first uh, three years and uh i guess what about uh five days of his is um uh, yeah co- covid covid was marching um covid like it was it happened well, in J- january um but it kicked into high gear march of uh but, of no, but, but the after the election, so that, that so he served three years and however many days, uh, and three years, three hundred days, and then sixty days or so after uh, November, he, I think he was the greatest president I've seen. But in the last after the election, he scarred the country, and I think an awful lot of Republicans agree with me on that. He, he really has no future in the Republican Party, even though he has all this momentum and all this, you know, appeal to a, a certain segment that, that don't feel quite so strong as, uh, as, as as I do about how he behaved after the election. Yeah, um, I mean, he definitely, like, I, I, I sort of in, in some ways understood the appeal in the 2016 election, uh, you know, and he's able, he was able to pick up a lot of those states because he, he, you know, I think gave them a Christmas wish list of things that, you know, you're going to get your coal jobs back and all of that. But, um, but uh, you know, in 2020, especially after COVID, I think, you know, his response to it was so horrendous that, you know, I think people that looked at him as like a transcendent political figure, um, I couldn't couldn't square the circle with the fact that he's really not one. Right. I think he's pretty clearly not like a transcendent political figure. You're saying he's a great president. I don't know. Um, he first of all, he didn't get elected with the majority of the people that voted for him. He never got any anywhere approaching a 50 percent approval rating. And then he got, uh, you know, then he lost the the general election by 10 million votes. I don't know that he's a, I don't know that that's the mark of a great president. Well, uh, no, I, I thought that was a, that was an opinion of mine. And, you know, it was based on. Uh, on the repatriation of uh, of the money when he lowered the uh, corporate income tax, if you remember before during the Obama administration, corporations would 
engaging in this thing called inversion. Um, Burger King bought Tim Hortons in Canada so they could not pay U.S. taxes. Um, uh, Ireland was a recipient of all this high tech money that was parked overseas. Trump brought money back. And if you, if you're honest and you look at the economic data, the, the repatriation of the money and the subsequent investment of companies, of corporations lifted the wages particularly at the low end. And the economic data shows that the income gap, that's people, the wage gap, I should say, people actually work, narrowed. And it was particularly beneficial to uh, uh, members of uh, minority communities. And he also did... So I'm just giving you a couple of... Didn't the... But I I don't know. I'm not sure that... I don't. I don't know where you got the data. First of all, is the is the money that the repatriation of capital by uh, you know via the you know um, is the repatriation of capital via the tax cut bill? Did that offset the amount of revenue that um, you know the federal government lost due to the tax cut bill? I don't think so. I think Trump well, added. I think Trump had. I think the economy. I think Trump had bigger uh, budget deficits than. Do you remember? Do you remember the raises at the the big the big. Employers, uh, they gave themselves. They didn't. Yeah, that they gave that to themselves mostly. I didn't. They didn't really give that to anybody no, no, else. No, no, they actually raised wages. But you know, without getting into the you know, the nitty gritty of that, that that was. I think that was a positive. I think the Abrams Accord Accords. It was an interesting uh, approach to Middle East uh, diplomacy. Um, you know, I think trying to get a handle on that southern border was was a positive thing, even though you know the rhetoric flew on anyway. And 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 it, and and what he was able to do with uh, you know getting three Supreme Court appointments, I think, is, has a dramatic effect on the country. You don't. I mean, that's with, not but I, that's but not I, his. But, I, but, it, but but that's why I think he's. Yeah, that's not that's not because president. of that's not because of his political acumen. That's just that's just that's just. Being lucky, like, you know, well, first of all, Mitch McConnell held his seat open. Uh, second of all, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, which was her fault. And, I, you know, that was more her being. St- but he, her, the, picks that he, the picks that he made were still, I mean, Nixon, Nixon picked uh, uh, Warren, right? Uh, Am I getting mixed up? But, Nixon you know, didn't pick Warren. Uh, are you talking about? Um, I'm thinking about uh, Berger. Berger, yeah. And um, his and, name was Warren Burger. And, and Bush and Bush picked uh, Souter. Souter, yeah. So, Souter, Souter, Souter was a for Republicans. Souter was a disaster of a pick. So I think Trump's picks, though, were you know fit into the conservative mold. I think they they so well because he because he had that list of people from the Federalist Society. Yeah, and, and you disagree that that was you know. Well, I'm not sure. I thought it was smart. I thought it was that. no. I thought it's for. Uh, for I thought it was a. You know, if you if you're looking for judges, if you're trying to avoid a, a David Souter situation, then yeah, that was smart on his behalf um, to so say for I'm me, only picking. I'm a conservative and, and an originalist. That you yeah. know that was a success. That's one of the reasons why I like Trump. That you know I understand that doesn't sure. appeal to you. No, but it, but it also but doesn't. Think, I don't think it appeals to most people. Um, I think probably most people, not. They don't follow it. No, they don't. But so. But the things that appealed to me about Trump really, you know, got washed away. 
by by what he did, he scarred the country. I think, and I I'm not. I think that there's a fair amount of people <laughs> that like Trump that agree with me that they voted for him twice, but would never do so again. So so I have to take this break before I let you go. Trump or DeSantis? Who are you voting for then? Or or um, alternatively, I, I, I don't. I won't vote for Trump again. Whether or not I vote for DeSantis, I'm not sure. But DeSantis can handle Trump the same way Joe Biden did. You know what Joe Biden did on the stage? Yeah. He didn't call him Mr. President. He said, shut up. He could. I, 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 I think, Trump, again, Trump, yeah, Trump's a bully. He can be bullied back. Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks, Marcus. 1420 WBS. show on Marcus 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program um so Donald Trump announced that he's running for president and he it's his third time he wants to be the first person to have two con- non-consecutive terms since Grover Cleveland since Grover, Cleveland. Because um, a lot of people like think you know there hasn't been there hasn't been forty six people that have been president. There have actually been forty five, but Grover Cleveland's the twenty four twenty second and twenty fourth president of the United States. Uh, United States. Um, and uh, because he had won, uh, he had lost to Benjamin Harrison and then ran again, beat him the following, uh, the following year. So, um, I think he's on the 50, is he in the 50 Grover Cleveland? Yeah, I think he's on the 50. Uh, so Trump wants to be Grover Cleveland, Grover Cleveland. So, uh, I think again, you know, we've been talking about it. A lot of people are, are, are saying, and maybe I'm, I'm maybe I'm completely wrong about this. Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. I don't think I am. Of course, who, whoever thinks they're wrong, right? But I think I think uh, I think Trump wins a Trump v. DeSantis uh, uh, primary. I think he wins, uh, and I don't know if it's close. Um, you know, I just uh, you know. Look at it. He's going to come off because, like, I think of it this way. He's going to win Iowa, right? He's going to start by winning Iowa because Iowa always the Iowa always goes with, like, you, you look at the two candidates, they always go with the craziest one. Like, so he's going to start off winning Iowa. And then if he wins New Hampshire, I, I just, I, I think it's going to go, I, it's going to be tough. 
I think it, I think it's going to be tough. I don't think Ron DeSantis has the presence uh, to beat him. Um, you know, and I think I think in a Trump versus Biden rematch, which yeah, I know no one really wants that, right? Um, but it's that's that's what I think. I think it's going to be a Trump versus Biden rematch. There's a lot of talk about Biden not. Um, not running again in, in 24 and all of that. And based on the midterm results, which I think are in spite of him, not because of him. I think they're in spite of him uh, because of the midterm results. Uh, I think they're I think Democrats are emboldened not to upset the apple cart here uh, because I think it looks a lot worse if you say, oh, this guy that we ran uh, four years ago to to be the, the president of the United States. Yeah, he can't do it anymore. You know, he can't do it anymore. Um, I think it'd be easier for them to just put Biden out there again. Now there's some people that could, I guess could run. Um, you know, there's some governors. I think that would be strong candidates. If Biden decided not to Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, she strikes me as one JB Pritzker. I think in Illinois has the financing Gavin Newsom, you know, Gavin Newsom, uh, sure could be, could, could run. Um, but I don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of people. We've gotten callers that say they're sick of Trump and that Trump's destroyed the Republican Party. You know, Baker, Charlie Baker had went on Jake Tapper uh, a couple days ago or maybe even yesterday. I think it might have been yesterday. I don't know. The days all blend together for me, guys. Uh, but uh, he went on Jake Tapper uh, and had said basically and, he, and Baker didn't do a lot of national interviews during his eight years in office. I think he's but I think he's selling a book now. But he would he had said, you know, he you know, he basically said that his, you know, his brand of republicanism or his brand of even uh, politicking is is something that's like, you know, uh, I think, um, you know, pretty much. Uh, obsolete in not obsolete because it, there is use for it, but it's not electable in the Republican Party. Uh, Jake Tapper, I think, asked him, like, oh, why don't you run for president, right? And you'd think the most popular governor in the country, a guy who's been the most popular governor in the country, who's presided over a state that's, you know, um, the, you know, and uh, in a state house that has been the opposite party, a supermajority uh, in the opposite party, you'd think that someone like that would be a strong candidate. And I think a lot of circumstances would be a strong candidate. The Democrats would love a candidate like that. Uh, on the uh, on the opposite side, they would love a guy that is maybe some midwesterner, midwestern um, type of um, type of uh, Democrat who's you know who's uh, personable and has a history of working well with the other side because they like you know most Democrats like that stuff, uh, but. Um, but Baker even said there's no, he doesn't think there's any room for him. And I've said this throughout the program and I'll continue to say this, uh, you know, Trump's, it's hard to blame everything on Trump. I think a lot of the candidates that got put forward, uh, did a lot of the, the, the sort of cringy culture war stuff and DeSantis, like he does that in Florida, like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, whatever, uh, I'm going to make Disney, um, I'm going to make Disney, pay more taxes because they're not casting enough white people or whatever, but that doesn't play well outside of, I don't think that plays well outside of a state. I don't think, I think he's, I think he's a lot like, I keep saying, you know, of the Republicans, I keep saying he's more like a, a Warren type, not, 
I mean, Elizabeth Warren's infinitely more, be- infinitely better, um, uh, more preferable on, on my end, a more preferable elected official than Ron DeSantis or more preferable statesperson than Ron DeSantis. But um, what I'm saying is in terms of just like being more appealable to the professional class of his party. I think that's, I think that's where Ron DeSantis is. I, I don't think he's that, I just don't think he's that strong of a candidate. I, again, could be completely wrong. Obviously, if Trump didn't run, DeSantis would be the foregone front runner uh, for the nomination. Whether or not his brand appeals nationally beyond the Republican Party, I think is a different story. Um, I think the this, I mean, these midterm elections, I don't think were just a referendum on Trump. I think it was referendum by and large on Republicans and their and their policies and their platforms. I mean, one of the reasons isn't just that, that they didn't do well in the midterms isn't just Trump and how they don't like Trump because he's mean and rude. It's because of the Dobbs decision, right? The, the, the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. You're seeing in several red states, they've up, they, they have, if that's been on the ballot in places like Kentucky and Kansas, they have overwhelmingly voted to keep uh, a Roe v. Wade type precedent in their state. And so I think in a lot of cases that's killing winnable races for Republicans across the country and it should it's a horrifying thing that decision and that decision and the laws that are being enacted in some of these states afterwards are absolutely terrifying you know it's allowing it's 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 it's, you know it's forcing women to choose between carrying an unwanted pregnancy to uh to term or perhaps or potentially going to jail and doctors for uh performing otherwise medically permissible seat of procedures that could save a woman's life or potentially going to jail. Like that's, it's a horrifying reality that they're sculpting. Plus, you know, a lot of this, like, you know, the books, the CRT books and the, and the, and the, and the, and the transgender making everything, a making literally every single issue a transgender issue. That's like their one thing now is making every single issue an issue about transgender people. The, the Republicans have one joke, and it's about transgender people. I identify as this. I identify as that. I identify as this. That's all they say. Um, I think that's a lot. I think that's very off-putting for mo- most of the American, most of the American electorate. I think most of the American electorate would probably gravitate more towards uh, a more, you know, I'd say Charlie Baker. Charlie Baker's a lot more liberal than most Republicans are in generally. Maybe like a John Kasich type of guy, right? Um, but that's just not where the center of gravity is in the Republican Party. The center of gravity in the Republican Party is Donald Trump. And a lot of people are saying, well, all Trump's candidates lost the general election. So that means Trump's not popular. And that means maybe Republican voters don't want him. All of his all of his candidates lost the lost the general election. They didn't lose the primary. Right. Dr. Oz lost the general election to, to John Fetterman. He didn't lose the primary. Same thing with Kari Lake. Same thing with Tudor Dixon. All those candidates did well in the, they, or they won the primary. They did not lose. I mean, they did well in the primary. They lost the general election. So it means primary voters still care what Trump has to say, by and large. Even if you don't, I think a lot of people do. That's why I think. This is Trump's nomination to lose, and we'll see. Maybe some some you know some bombshell is going to drop about Mar-a-Lago and the documents and all of that. Maybe that's going to happen.
but the, I mean, it's it's still it's difficult to envision. Um, and, and not only that, if they decide to get away from him in the in the primary, he's just going to run third party. He's totally going to do that. It's always been about himself. It's always been about himself. Of course, he's going to do that. He's not going to let people just put, throw him away. If he was going to do that, if he was going to say, hey, listen, I'll step aside for the good of the party or whatever, he wouldn't have run in the first place. He wouldn't have run in the first place. So I think either way, I don't think the Republicans are going to unbind from him that easily after basically creating a whole, you know, their basically their whole cultural identity around him. Every single issue they have as a party centers around Trump and how Trump has dealt with these issues uh elections um you know elections uh election fraud or whatever that's a trump that issue is all about trump and how he's upset about the 2020 election um the uh the you know the party you know you know uh i guess um bringing the you know the 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 party elites or the establishment to heal that's an issue that's all about trump that's an issue that's all about Trump. Immigration, that's an issue that's all about Trump. Now, that's not a point I brought up. That's a point I had heard on a podcast uh, earlier today, but I thought it was the perfect example of how um, uh, of how uh, Trump is very much still deeply ingrained in the Republican Party's identity, and they can't just get, a, they can't just get away from him by saying, oh, well, we like Ron DeSantis now. I don't think it's that easy. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. Here comes Carl. Real-time reaction to everything that happens after the sun goes down. Ain't going down till the sun comes up. South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris is on WBSM. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. So uh, we're just reacting to Donald Trump announcing his third run for the presidency, um, looking to be the first president since Grover Cleveland to run uh, two non-consecutive terms, uh, seeking presumably the Republican nomination for the presidency. And uh, I had a friend that just got text banked by Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, the daughter of Dick Cheney, telling people how dangerous Donald Trump is. <laughs> Just incredible. Just incredible. I can't. I can't. Well, well, as a registered Democrat, welcome, welcoming Liz Cheney into the Democratic Party might, might, might cause me to, to unenroll. I might, I might do it. I might do it. If Liz Cheney becomes a registered Democrat, I might unenroll. I might do it. I just can't put up with a lot, but I can't put up with that. I can't put up with that. Of all the people talking about elections integrity, it's the, the, the Dick Cheney's daughter. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We're also taking some messages on the app chat. We've got to, you know, 
got a few messages that come in uh, throughout the program. So we'll also take those as well. Tomorrow, Mayor Mitchell will be in and Chris will be back. And we'll uh, we'll also take your calls and Snapchat messages then. Tell you what, let's take a let's take a break now so we can finish out the hour strong. South Coast Night. I'm Marcus. Just wrapping up the final hour of the show tonight. Tomorrow, Chris will be back and we'll be with Mayor Mitchell to start the show. Well, he'll be on with Tim earlier in the day uh, and then we'll be on with him later. Again, I think Chris and I and Tim, uh, we, we do a good job of splitting that conversation up because the mayor has a lot to say. He has a big job, so he'll have uh, stuff to say on Tim and he'll have entirely different stuff to say with us. So I think it's worth listening to both conversations in their entirety. I think um, I think it'll be worthwhile. Uh, I know he's had a very busy couple weeks and he's missed a lot, but he's also done a lot uh, since he's been gone in the in the UK. So looking forward to getting his uh, perspective on a lot of things that have happened uh, while he's been pitching offshore wind uh, over there in Europe. So that's pretty much it. That's all I, uh, that's all we got for tonight. I want to thank everybody who called in and everybody who sent a message on the app chat. I'm signing off for the night, but uh, again, I'll see you at 7 PM tomorrow. So uh, tune in. <laughs>